There's a snake in my boot. For this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 116, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. There's also a Patreon link if you'd like to be one of our amazing patrons helping fund the show alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Michael Kelso, Diego Avila, The Phil and Film Podcast, Peter Guzman, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for keeping us flying. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and don't really drink Darjeeling. And What's I, that? It's what uh, Buzz Lightyear is drinking at the tea party. Oh. With the headless dolls. Uh, oh, is that why your voice is a little off? Oh, yeah. Maybe Sipping I should start Darjeeling. drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Might help. And I predicted that Toy Story would be a classic movie. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, good toy, good co... Well, he's not a toy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, for the right price. And no, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. Ooh, that went... That skewed real quick. Uh, Paul, the master interrupter and first mate powers. Hey, Paul. Hey, Francisco. Hey, uh, my trivial question for you is this. When Andy and his mom are going to Pizza Planet, uh, they stop at Dynaco for gas. Yes. Dynaco is also the company which Lightning McQueen is obsessed to work with in the movie Cars, also Sweet. by Pixar. Uh, Paul, what's your preferred gas station? The closest one with the cheapest price. <laughs> okay. So the mascot <laughs> doesn't play any part in your choice of no. refueling. All right. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I, I honestly would probably be the same way. So, And what was your prediction for Toy Story, Paul? I predicted uh, classic as well. Classic as well. And we are joined once again, uh, coming back to the show. He's the host of the Pop Mockers podcast and some other fun stuff at Break Room Studios. Uh, we'd like to welcome back to the show, Chief Entertainer, Chris Cowan. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's good to be here again. Awesome. So glad you're back. Uh, Chris, my trivial question for you is this. Hasbro denied Pixar the use of the name G.I. Joe when it was yeah. informed that a G.I. Joe doll was going to be blown up by Sid. Yeah. Chris, did you ever blow up any of your toys when you were growing up? I don't know if we blew up toys, but we definitely used uh, we used matches and magnifying glasses to, to melt G.I. Joe's. So yeah. it was basically a real-life Sid. For sure. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> Things Poor are starting toys. to make a little more sense. but yeah. <laughs> Now, see, with my cousin, he would take his old, he would take his broken ones, and right. we'd get out the BB gun and use them as target practice. Now, did you use not broken ones? Um, I'm trying to think. We actually didn't do too many G.I. Joes. It was mainly the Army Men. Oh, okay, yeah. Because those yeah. are, those Expendable. are replenishable. Yeah. But I think, yeah, maybe with like, especially when, you know, the rubber band always eventually broke yeah. Yeah. in the G.I. Joe's. Oh, yeah, for the, the legs. legs. Yeah. 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 And so that would, um, I think that that was basically a death sentence for that G.I. Joe. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so magnifying glass and uh, or, uh, or matches. Nice. Because I, I was a kid who played with matches. And see, kids, it's not that bad. You turn out fine. <laughs> Well, let them judge for themselves. <laughs> I once tried to, I took a, a like, I don't know, how do I describe it? A bunch of matches, taped them together, uh, and taped that to a Matchbox car or a Hot Wheels car. And I lit the, the matches thinking that that would propel the, the <laughs> car like a rocket. It just sat uh, there. I was yeah, very yeah, disappointed. Yeah. Welcome to science. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Chris, what was your prediction for Toy Story? Classic, of course. Classic. All right. So three classic predictions. We'll see if those held up after our rewatch and after we talk about it in our roundtable. But, Paul, will you please uh, 
enter the course for Alice and let us know what we're going to be doing this in this rundown of Toy Story. All right, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion, including what we liked and liked the most, and also what we didn't like and also not like the most about Toy Story. And uh, let's come back for some feedback and announcements. All right, Alice, got all that? I know it's a lot. I think you can handle it, though. Alert, alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. This holiday season, the toys are coming to life. Hey, everybody, it's showtime. Now they're living it up. Move, 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 move. Time is running out. This is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. And the fireworks are about to begin. I just lit a rocket. Rockets explode. Toy Story. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. Rated G. Now playing at a theater near you. Uh, yes. Uh, and our memories were sucked from our brains to create this memory mind melt synopsis of Toy Story. Toy Story is the story of a boy named Andy whose toys magically come to life, a fact which he never discovers and is ultimately inconsequential to his life. <laughs> um, in fact, the only person who actually finds out about the toys coming to life is Andy's neighbor, and since Andy moved away shortly after, we were basically left with a nihilistic loss of purpose. <laughs> oh well. On to more of the plot details. A bunch of toys led by a sheriff try to be the best toys for their owner, Andy. But Andy gets a new toy for his birthday, a space ranger, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz, Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Thinks he is a real, uh, thinks he is real and is trying to get back to Sector 9. Woody gets jealous when Buzz Lightyear replaces him as Andy's favorite toy. So he pushes him out the window. Woody and Buzz have misadventures trying to get back to Andy before they move to a new house. And Woody teaches Buzz his true purpose as they fly back to Andy. Some of that stuff in the beginning was a little off, so I'll incept it for that. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's no nihilism in this movie. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. Uh, Paul, will you please give us uh, any technical nihilism for Toy Story? I don't even know what that means. I I, I kind of only vaguely know what it means. It's like fatalism. It's like oh uh, okay, like we're all just gonna die. It's, you know what? Okay. Toy Stories rated G runs an hour and twenty one minutes and came <laughs> out on November twenty second to the year nineteen ninety five. So it's a Thanksgiving movie. Remember that. And is directed by John Lasseter and stars Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, Jim Varney, Wallace Shawn, John Ratzenberger, Annie Potts, and a whole bunch of other people. Um, yeah, and actually, we've uh, some of those actors have been in past movies we've covered on the podcast. <clears throat> For instance, if you uh, Tom Hanks, who voiced Woody, was in A League of Their Own, which was RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 66, and Apollo 13, which was slash 21. Wallace Shawn, who voiced Rex, was in A Goofy Movie, slash 68. And John Ratzenberg, this is pretty crazy to me, he voiced him and is pretty much in all of the Pixar movies. He was in The Empire Strikes Back, what? which was slash 79. And yeah, he's in the opening battle for Hoth. He's one of the commanders uh, getting the speeders ready. If you go to his IMDb page and click on that character's name, you'll see a picture of where he is. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that guy in that movie. Cool. Uh, so check that so out Hoth if you like. Back. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's like apparently now really owned by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Paul, continue, please. Uh, the budget of this film was thirty million dollars and went on to gross about three hundred seventy-five million dollars. Wow! And then also made about uh, over a hundred million dollars in rentals alone. On top of that, my my my! I guess this was a fairly popular movie. This is what you call a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Well played. And why was this babysitter paid so abundantly? Let's talk about the things we liked about Toy Story. 
Uh, let's start with Chris. What's something you liked about this film? Um, I think uh, it's just a great original story. Like there really, there isn't really another story like that except yeah. for Toy Story two and three. <laughs> and uh, even those are different plot wise. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, um, except they always manage to kind of put Buzz Lightyear back to his original clueless state. In yeah, that's true, huh? Um, but spoilers. Uh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, no, but it's a. Uh, uh yeah it's it's uh it's just a great original story and and it's something that like even before the movie came out i remember as a kid like imagining oh man what if my toys come come to life when i'm not in the room oh totally and it oh, yeah. totally plays off of that fantasy yep and i i remember having that too i, I bet and and i think even my daughter has some i've i've noticed some semblance of that so i think that's yeah. just a a thing kids have which is very interesting I s- I swear Teddy Ruxpin moved one. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but the batteries were a little. <laughs> um, I had this, this, uh, what, my buddy doll? Oh, yeah. It, it started moving? It'll no. Go for a knife is, is weird. No, that's Chucky. <laughs> that's totally different. Um, I don't know why people confuse them. Oh, yeah. One's a redhead. They don't anyway. look at all like. Anyway. Oh, I'm um, just curious though. Since we're on the topic, did any of you ever see the uh, the Christmas toy? It's an older Jim Henson I was, uh, Christmas I show. I yeah, I feel like I oh, had man. seen that. Yes, it was on uh, it was on Hulu recently, I think, and it was Honestly. terrible. Really, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I it, remember it, liking it, but it, I, it uh, doesn't hold up, huh, Chris? I watched it a little bit with uh, with my kids, and it was really poorly done. Oh, it's too bad. Way yeah, to go, Jim Henson. <laughs> I've actually heard a criticism on another podcast that Toy Story was a ripoff of that, but right. Well, because yeah, it I've came out that. much later. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think they had a rocket pack at the end of whatever the I don't name know, of that it's movie been was. too long. Maybe I we should do a little <laughs> mini special on how <laughs> bad it was. It's not really a ripoff of it. It's like similar in that, if I remember correctly, like it's similar in that, like toys come to life, right? Okay, yeah. But it's it, yeah. <clears throat> to say that it's a ripoff of that is kind of a stretch. I think I'd believe it's it, just yeah. the uh, essence of it, like the core. What's it about? Yeah, yeah, but that's like saying, why are there no new ideas? Well, there's not really anything new under the sun. It's just there's there's a fresh ideas, like a fresh take on yeah. things, but. Anyways, we're sort of getting a rat hole right off the bat. Paul, why don't you give us something you like about the movie? Uh, I like the fact that if you watch A Few Good Men before this movie and then watch this movie right after, you realize it's Woody that ordered the Code Red when uh, the (laughs) the toys... Yeah, he orders the Code Red that, uh, that all the kids are coming up and he yells Code Red and... and, Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, you need to watch them back to back, and you could have avoided the last half or the last uh, the part of A Few Good Men when you realize uh, Woody did wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Is that really something you like, Paul? Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed watching uh, Woody order the code, the code Red. red. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for all you Mountain Dew fans out there, that one's for wow. you. Wow. Nice. I have nowhere to go from that, except to say my something I liked. Uh, I, I think it was amazing for being such an early uh, 3D animated movie, how much set dressing there was, especially in Andy's room. Like, I don't know. I had this memory of things being very, like, plain, very minimal, not a lot of extra stuff. But, like, there are, like, books and bookcases, and they weren't all neatly aligned. There are posters. There's lots of stuff that made me feel like this was an actual kid's room. And I was just really amazed by that. Enough to keep the ADD kids happy, <laughs> a.k.a. babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that was impressive to me. Um, were, how did you guys take the 3D animation? Was that something you liked at all, or not, or maybe we'll talk about that later? Yeah, it kind of gets into some of my uh, my, my pros and cons. I will bit. say um, I, it's been a while since <laughs> I've seen this movie, so... Uh, I've one of the criticisms that I've heard in the past several years is that they don't really show any of the faces of the humans because they uh, they they hadn't really got that down yet as far as uh, their able their attention to detail. But I was surprised 
how often they did show human faces because oh, yeah. I was it's thinking, oh, this is never shown human face because it's all from the knee down. But I, so that was uh, delightful, I guess, to see. It's like, oh, oh at okay. least they tried. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, Andy looks a little clownish sometimes, but I mean, they get they do get a pretty good amount of FaceTime in there. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. See, because you said FaceTime. And, and this is this is sponsored by Apple. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go back to Chris. What's something else you liked? Um, we're kind of teeing off what what you said. I think it. I think you know. Obviously, this is 90, 1995 graphics, but it, it uh-huh. actually still holds up. Um, yeah, it I'd say so too. You know, I've seen live action movies where the CGI <laughs> really does not hold up, Indeed. and I, it's hard to watch. Like I watched uh, Dragon Heart. Oh, Are you serious? Yeah. It doesn't. Because no, I've was, wanted to see that. It's yes, been so long since I've seen I, it. Yeah, I I got it on Blu-ray thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this since like it came out on VHS. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to be so great. And I watched it and oh, it does not hold up at all. Oh no. It's so painful. It's such because a Because my wife is, has never seen it. And oh, so really? it's on our to-see list. Oh, wow. We're like, oh, man. we got to watch this. And oh, oh. no. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't set high expectations. And it's it's got some weird dialogue. Like the that movie does, does the score still hold up because that's pretty yes, good the score is the is the is still holds up the score okay, is good. amazing yeah. yeah i actually re-listened to the score just uh i don't know a few weeks ago i'm like man this is so good and yeah. i think i looked at the rest of his randy edelman i think uh that sounds right composerography and that i think that was pretty much his his yeah. magnum opus oh yeah <laughs> everything else is like Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that, but okay. They've like I've heard them reuse it on like other trailers. Oh like yeah, for other totally. Movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good yeah. So, but uh, but this movie, even though it's completely CGI, um, I mean, I think the fact that it's a cartoon as opposed to trying to go for realism. Good helps. point. Yeah. But it um, but it still really it still really holds up. I mean, you can notice some stuff here and there, but uh, overall, it it uh, it it holds up pretty well. A lot more than um. Hap- well, what's that? Is it not happily never after? It's the uh... Shrek. No, it's a no. It's the one with the goat that you, cr- you and Christy like. Oh, hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. hoodwinked yeah, it's <coughs> up a lot more than hoodwinked. I think. Yeah, especially since hoodwinked came several years later. I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Uh, okay. Uh, something else I liked uh, was just. How many of the toys were authentic in like yes. what they, how they actually looked like the speak and spell thing, I think. Yeah. And uh, let's see what else. The Mr. Potato Head. Uh, the texture on him. Yeah. yeah the Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. It yeah. just is like, wow, these are actual toys. I wish they had gotten things like G.I. Joe and Barbie. Yeah. I mean. They uh, did later. Well, yeah, but it's like, it would have been cool to see him in, in this one as well. But it's yeah. still, that is still really awesome. They had a combat Carl. Everybody had one. Oh, of yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that combat Carl. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. That's true. Uh, oh, it's a combat Carl. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of which, I want to insert this. Yeah. Thanks for allowing me. Uh, we were watching with the subtitles on, and I caught the name of Sid's dog. Oh, uh, and what is it? Well, right before, as 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 you hear the voice going, and I turned to my wife, um, I said, "It's Scott Farkas. I swear to God, he has yellow eyes," which is a line from uh, a Christmas uh, story. Christmas story, yes. Oh yeah. Well, the dog's name is it's Scud. Scud. That's funny. It's like, Scud? oh, that's got Scud to with a D. Yes, S C U D. I'm vindicated. Oh man, when I was a kid. Watching that with my brothers, I was like, "Oh, it's Scud," and they're like, "No, it's Scott." And I, and I, was, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just a dumb kid, so I don't know." But thank yep. you for vindicating me. Yes, it was indeed. All along. Now I haven't confirmed it with John Lasseter. He won't return my phone call, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's an homage or named after Scud Farkas from Toys, not Toy uh, Story, Christmas. Christmas. It's Christmas Story, story right? Well, yeah. Here, yeah. Let me let yeah. me ask. Let me get uh, Brian Singer uh, online. Ring uh, ring. Ring ring. Usually he answers us, Chris. It's it's amazing how he finds uh, yeah. ring ring. Yes, this is Brian. Uh, oh, Brian. So so glad we caught you. Uh, I, I hope you're not busy. 
No, well, sorta. I, I I'm drowning in my sorrows right now. What do you want? <laughs> We're wondering. Do you have any insight on whether or not the dog from Toy Story is named Scud or Scott? I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't. I uh, there's a dog. I, I think that's oh the, the 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 slinky dog, right? Okay, Brian, we're gonna go. Thanks oh, for coming. Thanks. Uh, so thanks, Brian, for that. But back to back to Chris. Yes, so you are vindicated. Um, let's see, Paul. What's something else you like though? Other than okay. being able to tell what words what words people actually said via subtitles. I loved the fact that when Buzz fell out the window, that the Wilhelm yell was used. Oh, yes. <laughs> totally it's, noticed that. And so when listening to the commentary, if you know the, the history of uh, Pixar, they were once the computer division of Industrial Light and Magic owned oh, yeah, by uh, that's right. George, Lucas, George Lucas that he yeah. had to sell off after Return of the Jedi to p- help pay for his divorce and stuff. But so they were once part of ILM and they had all those, they had access to all those sound files and sound clips from Star Wars and Indiana Jones. So they said they, whatever they wanted, they just put it in whenever. (laughs) So like when the, the globe is, is chasing after uh, Buzz Lightyear before he falls out the window, that's the same sound effect as the rolling ball from the beginning of the Indiana Jones movie. Raiders. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's cool. When you know that and you're watching, I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, <that's> cool. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, what else was cool for you, Chris? Um, it had a, lo- a lot of quotable lines. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, especially if you've watched it a million times. <laughs> uh, every mean, single line can be quoted. Bes- besides to infinity and beyond. Yeah, yeah. You Everything. are a... Toy, you're, you're a not sad, the real strange. <laughs> you're a child's plaything. Um, <laughs> I would get someone else to watch the sheep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, scandalous! Uh, yeah, it's just really quotable, which is always that's always a sign of like a pretty good movie. Yeah, like if it's got lines that that you're quoting the rest of your life, it's a pretty pretty solid. Uh, What's the word? Recommendation. Yeah, definitely makes an imprint. Good, good job, yeah. writers. Uh, among which was Joss Whedon. So, good yeah, job, I was Joss. That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I noticed that this watching too. Well, yeah. cool. What else did you notice that you liked, Paul? Uh, the songs. I thought the songs in it yep. were so great. So, yeah. me- I, a lot of people like uh, "You Got a Friend in Me." My personal favorite is "Strange Things." Uh, uh, that's happening. Yeah. And this is the first time oh, yeah. I guess I'm getting old, but this is the you time guess. I really appreciated that nonsensical song about I I'll never go sailing anymore when uh, Buzz Lightyear tries to jump oh, through yeah, the window yeah. and falls yeah. and it's You didn't a nice, get that before? Well, I get it. It's sappy. It's like but it 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 got to me more. I appreciated it. Okay, I guess yeah. now. Oh, it resonated with you a bit more. A little bit more, which yeah. means that uh, yes, I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. You cried a little, didn't you? Admit it. I'll, I'll no, but I've actually resung it to myself several times since oh. watching it. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Where, it's, where a good, it's a good song for when you're depressed. Just like, yeah. And I will go sailing no more. Where, where is your other arm, by the way, Paul? I was meaning to ask. That. <laughs> <laughs> With Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> Sucking down Darjeeling. Oh, Marie goodness. Antoinette and her twin sister. Oh, uh, Speaking of buzz, though. I thought it was amazing. Again, this is, speaks to the animators. Just how well Buzz's disillusionment disillusionment reads when he when he realizes that he's just he's not he is a toy. He's not a space ranger. And just I think that's in part the animation and in part just Tim Allen's uh, uh, acting voice acting. Yeah. But it's just man, I I I was really impressed at how how. Uh, pulled in I was 
to uh, that character to Buzz Lightyear in that moment when he realizes that he isn't what he thought he was. Mm. So yeah, you must be getting older too. Uh, I yes, <laughs> indeed. No, but I, I mean that's true. That scene, like like when I was a kid, I was just like whatever. Uh-huh. But you know, like the emotional power of it, like as ridiculous as it is, <laughs> so you know. But like getting in his shoes and and like it actually puts you in his place and like what if you found out you were just a toy and your entire memory was all just a lie? Yeah, I never thought about if I'm just a toy. Yeah, what, what if, if you everything are? you knew was a lie? Thanks, yeah. uh, Morpheus. All your all what you thought was your memories are just completely made up. Yeah, Backstory. manufactured in China. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Why in China? Was it China or Taiwan where it oh, said that on his oh, I arm? Think it, I think it was Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Taiwan, Taiwan. Uh, nice. Uh, let's see. They all look the same to you, don't they, Paul? <laughs> Do I have to say so? <laughs> uh, come out of that Not nose all time. of them. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what's another thing you liked? Uh, my, yeah, no, actually, Paul took mine. It's got a great soundtrack. Oh, so yeah, many, yeah. So many just memorable songs. Uh, You've Got a Friend in Me is great, but just, I mean, just Randy Randy Newman. So, do, um, do you guys like Randy Newman's voice? It doesn't bother me. I like him there, but I don't know. It sounds it sounds kind of nasally, like how I sound now because of my allergies. Like, you got you a jealous? friend in me. Well, he doesn't I, sound like that. <laughs> You got a friend. Oh, maybe it's more the Louis Armstrong. Uh-huh. Yeah, which no, which, it's not. Uh, whatever. I it uh, it doesn't I like appeal it. to a, me. It's a little but. it's a little almost like dopey sounding, but it it, it goes with the style of music. So okay. I think it works. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, it's certainly not a dislike. It's just not something that appealed to me. Yeah. Uh, but one more thing that did appeal to me, then we'll go to our uh, classic makers for Toy Story. We have a two-hour classic maker? <laughs> yes. Dang. What? I Roll with it. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about uh, it. Woody, I, I, I love that Woody was... So at first, this was a dislike because I thought Woody was just so... Felt so entitled and I really that really bothered me. But mm. I felt like he had... A, when he was wrought low at the... Toward the end when... Mm-hmm. Um, when he realizes that Buzz, yeah, is a better toy, and and just like how he's come, gotten cool to this toy, gotten to this place where he's in Sids, and he he can't get across because the other toys think he hurt Buzz, and just yeah. all that. I feel like he really earns this change in his character and his posture towards Buzz, yeah. which on I think is different from I'm in one of our inner episode on the Lion King. I mm. felt like Simba's change, and I commented on that previously, was not really earned. I felt like it was mm. too much of a shift all of a sudden. Where, But even though it happened in probably about the same amount of time, I felt Woody's shift, what, I don't know for whatever reason, was just written or performed or animated in a much more believable way. That's cool. because Simba was a child. And you have a thing oh. against children ever. <laughs> you have a thing against children ever repenting of their disobedience. You might be I, a little close uh, to home there. Actually, we've <laughs> talked about this. It's when children are disobedient and don't have consequences on film. Like it's like, oh, I just broke my dad's car. No, whatever. It's not a big deal. <laughs> That's the stuff that really irks me. Uh, we it's taken like 116 episodes for us to figure that out, but you know I'm working through it. This is like a therapy well, session. Uh, so you're so. saying Simba's dad dying wasn't enough of a consequence? I got it. Okay, all right, all right. Glad we all got that. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. Anyway, let's go to the things we love most about Toy Story. Uh, let's start with Paul. I loved Tim Allen's act voice oh, yeah. acting okay. in this. This is probably my favorite, most favorite role of his as Buzz Lightyear. I also liked him, you know, in Galaxy Quest as Jason Nesmith there. And um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it is. Uh, but this is uh, my favorite. I think for me, he steals the show. Mm. So and, and, and no wonder he's Andy's favorite. He's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired at Woody. 
Um, well, I do like Woody as a character, but you know, I I I thought Buzz was just a little better. Have, well, have Tom you... Hanks is just not known for being a good actor. That's oh, yeah. the problem. He's so so <laughs> well. So actually, what this was no, is um, this. They they hired Tim Allen before he shot up into the big stratosphere. Um, yeah, and during the making of this is when they he started his uh, show. What was it? Home Improvement, and he got big through that. No, so, no, Home no, no, was no, before no. this. He it was yeah, Home Improvement predated. Well, they story. Yeah, they hired him right after he got that deal. Oh, and okay. when it, this took several years oh, to that's make, a good point. yeah, yeah. I so they that. they they hired him before he got big, and so I was saying, good. Uh, there's something about Pixar that they just they got it right. They were hitting all the cylinders on this. Oh, totally, yeah. And apparently, um, I think it was for the Buzz character. They originally wanted Billy Crystal. Yes. Yeah, but he's like, no, no, I don't want to do a cartoon. But then after yes. seeing the movie, he's like, oh, I can't believe I didn't do it. Yeah. And so that's <laughs> why you see him in uh, Monsters, Inc. As, uh, yeah. <clears throat> what's his name? One-Eyed Willie? Mike Stavowski. Nice. That's what it is, yes. Mike Stavowski. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, one of my least favorite Pixar movies. Anyway. Uh, oh, there's a discussion. Anyway, continue. He thought Boo was too disobedient. Oh, my God. <laughs> there we go. No consequences for the little monster. <laughs> Who's the real monster in that film? <laughs> Clearly the, the one-year-old. I don't think she was a one-year-old. Maybe three. Well, she it, couldn't somewhere. Talk, so this I isn't the Monster Inc. podcast. Chris, why don't you give us your <laughs> uh, classic maker? <laughs> um, classic maker. I think uh, so. I think this would have been a classic, anyways. Like mm. it has all the elements of a good classic. Great story, quotable lines, great soundtrack, great acting. Yeah, all mm. that stuff, whole package. But I think it it what really puts it over the edge is just the fact that it is. It's a. It was the first feature CGI flick. And mm. you know, in that way, it was. It's not just a classic movie; it's a it's a historical first. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I agree. <clears throat> so, do you disagree, if, Paul? Yeah, because it could have been. You ever walk through like an electronics stores and you see those like uh, crappy CG animation of like instruments playing? Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. There could have been a feature length of that, and that could have been the first uh, CGI film. Yeah. That and doesn't, that and that would be a historic, but that wouldn't make it classic in my book. No, that's true, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been a classic anyways, but this like gives it that much more of a like. If, uh, if it, had it just adds been extra a, punched, yeah, add, yeah. If, yeah. If it had just been like another 2D like Disney animation of the time, like it might have been a good movie. But the fact that it was a, a historical first, in addition to being a good movie, I think really just kind of gives it that extra edge over, over anything else. Yeah. Has more cachet. Yeah. So my classic maker for Toy Story is just the climax of the film. I, I love the, how Woody plans out the, what they're going to do to go against Sid uh, and that being resolved to them trying to get back to Andy and the rocket. And I just feel like it's, it's so great. That's and I good. love, especially yeah. the moment where, Oh, he has this match, the perfect way to light the rocket. And then it blows out and you're like, what? But then they use the whole magnifying glass thing that they, that they seeded earlier to be the ultimate uh, way they spark that rocket. So I, I just love that. Very thing. well done. Pixar. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's pretty good. All right, guys. Well, that's the things we really liked and loved about Toy Story. Now, before we get to the things we didn't like so much about this Pixar movie, uh, we like to go out to social media, uh, usually Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and say, hey, what do you guys remember about these movies we're covering? Uh, so first off, Steve Hamilton says, classic, Pizza Planet, The Aliens, The Claw Machine, Sid. Well, Sid was a jerk. What What was your favorite toy growing up? Oh, he's asking us that, I think. And what was oh, your favorite nice. commercials? What toys have you held on to from your childhood? Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa. Okay, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll each answer one of those, okay? Okay. So let's. who would like to take what was your favorite toy growing up? 
Um, Whoever says it first essentially gets it. <laughs> oh. well, I can tell you the toy I was most excited about ever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go, how about um, that? Well, so I loved Legos. And, yes. And for Christmas one year, my parents got me the Black Seas Barracuda. Ooh. Ooh. I have is no idea the, what that is, is but that wow. Two-mast uh, pirate yes. ship? Nice. Two-mast pirate ship. Crazy expensive, um, especially if you account for uh, inflation or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I didn't get anything else for Christmas, but I got that ship, and nice. that was just the most amazing thing ever. So. That's so awesome. Sounds like it was worth the extra moolah to make it the best gift ever. <laughs> it was to me. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Go, going off of that, um, what toy I've held on to for from my childhood are my Legos. I have held on to oh, yeah. the majority of them. Wow. Uh, and I still build them now with my, my kids. So it's fun to have. Great toy to have. Uh, Paul, that leaves you. What was your favorite commercial growing up? Toy commercial? Uh, he just says favorite commercials, so it could be Okay, anything. I don't know why, but this always... Uh, I had two growing up i don't know why one and they have nothing i don't anyway it's this guy who's <laughs> sitting one was victoria's secret <laughs> and this the other guy was is sitting in the living room in a lazy boy chair and he's and everything just starts rocking and shaking and he's looking around going what's going on and all of a sudden this water wave busts through the 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 walls and washes like it was just the funny, the comedic timing that to see him hit by this giant wall of water, and it just simply says "Raging Waters is coming." Oh, okay, which <laughs> which nice. I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. But as a teenager, I liked um, Sizzler's commercial, which was oh yeah, um, I always remember really craving steak after seeing a Sizzler commercial. <laughs> Well, it was a, this dark and stormy night, and uh, it's this family sitting around the dinner table eating, and there's a knock at the door, and the and the mother goes to answer it, and she, and this guy in a, in a trench coat and a hat is soaking wet from the rain, uh, is standing at the door, and she goes, "Honey, you." We thought you died. I I remarried. I that was. Uh, <laughs> we have kids. What? What happened to you? That was like so long ago. What happened? And he says, "Honey, I told you it was all you can eat." This <laughs> <laughs> <Mrs>. is Sizzler. <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar. Anyway, wow. So. That's what pops in my head when people say your favorite commercial. Nice. They're silly, but they're fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Steve, for uh, sharing your thoughts and asking those questions. That was fun. Uh, Peter Guzman says, this is what started my love for Pixar, dot, 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 until Disney bought them out. Bah. Well, they're not good anymore. Uh, well, they're not as good, but that happened before Disney bought them. Oh. Sorry, shots fired. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, then Jackied661 says, to infinity and beyond. Heart emoji, heart emoji. Thank you, Jackie. Oh, and thank you, Peter. And then Diego Avila says, somebody's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> That's a good transition to the dislikes. Pretty much. So thank you, Diego. And let's see what was poison about Toy Story. Uh, I'll kick us off by saying... <laughs> so I know I, I said that... Uh, that whole climax was a great part. I mean, that is the thing I love most about Toy Story. But how do Buzz and Woody ultimately fly at then? I mean, they, they're falling with style, they say. But really, they shouldn't be flying or gliding at all. So well, what's up with that? So what happened uh, in that scene was it was part of something uh, that's generally known as a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of all the different places you could go. They were hit with a little bit of Tinkerbell's pixie dust. They they caught a wind like there was an unseen wind pushing them. A mighty wind. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I um, They could have fallen at an angle, 
because of the rocket, but then they do that little swoop thing that was like, oh, you took me out of the movie. (laughs) That's a gust of wind. Yeah, no, that's a powerful gust of wind. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so that is one thing. A minor quibble. Yeah, it's not like wind can move houses or anything ever. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I, I guess you know what we've seen that in Twister. How it's not like there's big trucks moving by, <laughs> creating. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chris, what's something you didn't like about Toy Story? So I actually have more than I originally said. Aha! Uh-huh, go I, for I, it. I have, I have two things. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the first one is um, Bo Peep's a hoe. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, Bo- wait, wait! She works in a garden too. What do you uh, mean? Uh, uh. Bo Peep's a hoe. How is she? <laughs> I, she seems... Now, wait, wait, wait. Committed to Woody, I think. No, no. she's not. She no, isn't? she's not. So Shh. at the beginning, she's like, I get someone else to watch this sleep tonight because I'm a hoe. <laughs> so, she start, so she starts off there. So she's and he's ready. giggling like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some. And then later, as soon as Buzz comes on the scene, first thing she says is, well, I found my moving buddy. Yep. Oh, see, I that's interesting. I took it to be like almost playful jeering of her man. Like, ah, ah look where you had to compete with. Ah. Uh, I mean, I still love you, but yeah, look know, at that. I don't know. Okay. That's- okay. Now you're going to have to use your, you're going to change your phraseology because last I checked, hoes charged. So what do oh, you mean? Right. Okay, she's a hussy. Uh, okay, okay, there we go. Yeah. How's that? Now we agree. Yeah. Uh, I was using the slang slang version of ho. Oh, okay. It's a it's a, it's a synonym for hussy. All right. This has been Urban Dictionary Corner on the Retro Rewind podcast. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, uh, Paul, what's something you didn't like? Okay, this was almost my tragic make. Whoa. Because this is one of those things that there is an enormous flaw that nobody seems to mind, and they totally just, uh, like you said, Francisco. It's or, or Chris said it's a it's a cartoon, you know. So okay, I have one of these. My my last thing is one of these two. So I'm I'm curious. If I wonder if it's the same. Yeah, okay. okay, let's see. If Buzz doesn't know he's a toy, and we all agree he doesn't know he's a toy, right? Yeah, yeah. Then how does he know to stay still when humans are around? Enough to have Andy write his name on the toy or whatever. Oh. That's a valid point. Yeah, I never thought about that. He doesn't. Big plot hole that would ruin the entire movie. I always thought it was... Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just saying that's that's a good point. I, I would say it's um, it would have to be some kind of instinctual thing that toys have. Like yeah. it's got to be some instinctual <clears throat> reaction to a human coming in the room, or or the other thing you could say is maybe he's just like recognizing. Okay, the culture here is we all freeze when one of these giants comes in the room. Oh so yeah, that I'm makes respect sense. Respect that culture. Yeah. Maybe, but then I mean later, much later in the, I think Woody Woody shouts at him, "Get down!" I think when they're outside or something. I don't remember. Oh yeah. But it's like, well, why would he if he's a space ranger and not a toy? Right. So, sorry, my brain was turned on while watching the movie. Well, you know what? <laughs> so is mine because, all right, and. I think Chris would probably pick up on this. I don't know if you would, Paul. But in the beginning, when the um, the army men are taking the, the baby monitor thing downstairs. Oh, yeah. Okay. So why would the, the listening part of the baby monitor be yeah. in the baby's room? That makes right. no sense. It would be in right. the parents' room or down in the kitchen. Right. No, no. They the the uh the makers of it addressed that in the commentary. Oh, really? oh what did yeah, they, they say? switched it and then when they after when they realized they switched the 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 hearing and the whatever which way it the, is. Yeah, yeah. They realized Oh, we have to redo all. Well, they were so far into it. It's like hopefully no one will will notice. And if they do, it's like a nice little like eh, gag or whatever. But oh. 
they realized oh we screwed up yeah yeah it's funny i actually always just kind of thought they were walkie talkies i I never actually give it much thought right Uh, okay that's right i mean but you i think you can they're it looks like a baby monitor. They, yeah, it is a baby. It looks, is a baby yeah. monitor. Yeah, it's more like a baby monitor. Yeah, for sure. yeah. But if you realize that um, they cannot hear Woody or them, so it is. It's supposed to be a one way. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's just the wrong one way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Chris, give us one more of your dislikes before we get to our tragic makers. All right. So this one kind of ties into Paul's. Um, kind of along the you know same lines but this one was more like why are the toys like willing to like that's the rule it's no we're not sure why they or who made this rule but for some reason we know it's a rule that anytime there's a human they freeze and so why would why would woody be willing to die to the point <laughs> of like having a truck tire come right up to his face and like tip his hat in the uh um at the gas station, yeah, he freezes and he's just watching this wheel about to roll over him and come to a stop. When arguably there's not even anyone there to see him, yeah. But he's he's so committed to this rule, yeah, that he's he's going to lay down his life for it there. But yep. then all of a sudden later he's like, okay, we're gonna have to break some rules to yeah. teach Sid a lesson because. Like, it's not weird. really breaking the rules because, as you can see, toys I'm sure happen all the time where they get their heads rolled over and stuff, but mm-hmm. they pop off, but they're still playable to a point. Right. Yeah, but so why does but Woody it's still breaking the rules? Why does Woody not move though? Because that's how committed they are. But then but why? why does they he don't lose think later? of it as de- because they don't. He doesn't think of it as death when um, the tire. It's just more of an inconvenience. Because he could still walk around, <clears throat> I suppose. Okay. I, I'm I'm leaning more toward Chris here, but all right. It's still like that's, it's still a cartoon. It's still demonstrating. <laughs> no, it's still demonstrating severe commitment to that rule, which yes. he then later is just like, okay, we're gonna have to break some rules. Yeah. Yes. So as see, it's a character arc. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The reverse part. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get to the things we hated most about Toy Story. And uh, you know, I think I will start us off. All right. Because it's it's actually, honestly, I was struggling to come up with some, and this is pretty minor. Um, I don't understand why Mr. Potato Head is so motivated to bring down Woody. I mean, he's almost, he's almost an antagonist. Jealousy. Okay, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Yeah, yeah. There, he, there's a very key line. Okay. Uh, delivered by the late Don Rickles, mm-hmm. and it is he. Uh, uh, of course, Woody ain't worried. He's been Andy's favorite since kindergarten. Kindergarten is when Woody usurped Mister Potato Head. Oh, as hashtag fan theory. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a I'll lot of it. sense, though. Yeah, that that's when uh, that's when uh, uh, Woody usurped Mister Potato Head as Andy's favorite toy. Because wow. kindergarten is when you would be using Mister Potato yeah. Head. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Wow. Very insightful. I knew there was a reason we had to be on, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks for explaining that. Um, will you also explain now your tragic maker? Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's hard to find something you know really that sticks. Um, but you know, like I said, for a movie made in 1995, it holds up really well. Uh-huh. Um, that said, it is a you. I mean, if you're looking for it, you can kind of see there's some stuff where it's a little like okay, little dated here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see some of the shapes are a lot more simple than you would get in a modern uh, movie. There's not really much, uh, you know. Focus shift, mm-hmm. um, m- not much background blur or anything. Yeah. Like oh, that. yeah. That's true. Um, and and motion so like, blur. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes you can see in the background some of the. Uh, um, well, I think there is motion blur because that was. Invented. But not as not as. Oh, not as, as much maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, then. It's refined. Uh, yeah, you can see in the background in in some places like it's in particular like I noticed in one scene out the window when when the kids are coming in with their presents. Uh-huh. If you look at the lawn, the lawn is like really 
flat and two dimensional. Oh, so, so there's little things like that that you can kind of pick up on if you're if you're looking for uh-huh. that you would you would never see in a, in a movie today. Mm-hmm. But they're they're usually very minor and and like you you said earlier, um, like they do a good job of adding as much detail as they, as they can. Like yeah. I love the one of my favorite things is is the scuffs on the. Um, on the bottom of the kid's door, like that's. Such a oh yeah, I noticed how the door yeah. is really like it has a bunch of like yeah uh, degradation or um, yeah yeah kids yeah that's a total kids' room door like just knocking his shoes against it yep. and scuff marks on it and stuff it's yeah very cool uh, okay Paul finish us out with your tragic maker please I'll continue what uh, Chris was just saying and disagree with both of you and say that the, <laughs> the graphics don't hold up to today's standards. There's too many flats. Like you were saying, Chris, there's too many. Um, the shading isn't nearly what, uh, what it is today. And it's quite obvious when you watch it and whenever you hear this or whenever you watch it next, you can tell there's a difference in the graphics overall. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, not, I'm not saying it holds up to today's standards, but I'm saying up the movie overall holds up despite. Because the story holds gotcha. up, yes, but oh, the really? graphics don't. Do you find it like dis- like it actually like significantly takes away from the experience? Half the time, yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. But I don't watch it every day, so you know what I mean? Well, you don't yeah, need a babysitter anymore, Paul. I've, so. seen it, yeah. I've seen it a lot, so yeah. it's one, it is one of those things where I'm, I'm probably super accustomed to it. Yeah. We usually have to mention this, though, when we bring up visuals. Paul, were you watching HD or SD? HD. Okay, it's SD for me, so it, I wasn't able to... It seemed... It looked... It didn't look up to... Up to today's standards, but yeah. probably not as dramatically as it did for you. That's mm. a good point. I think I watched it SD too. Mm. Yeah. I think we've just <clears throat> we've had the DVD forever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that definitely makes a difference too. I'm sure. Mm. Alrighty, guys. Well, I think we've entered all our targeting information to the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. Do we rate Toy Story a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend you rewatch this. If you've never seen it, it's probably not worth your time to make it your first viewing. Or a tragic, we'd recommend no one see this, whether or not you've seen it before. All right, so let's start with our guests like we like to. Chris, how do you rate Toy Story? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Definitely a classic. What? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Definitely a classic. Very it, good. Or, oh. It holds up story and, and all the all the things, and, and I think it still holds up visually. Nice. Paul, what say you? You know, I'm surprised um, how well the story holds up. Considering uh-huh. when I first saw this, I thought the story was very similar to, um, oh shoot, why did my mind blink right now of all times? That's a uh, long movie, worse. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, I'm only in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> um, the Brave Little Toaster, that's oh, it. Oh, I can see because, that. Uh, it was also, I think it was also made by John Lasseter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, before Toy Story. Well, I know he wanted to make it. I don't know if he wound no. up making it. Um, so it was like one of those cute films that like, oh, it'll have a, you know, like a, a cult following for those kids who grew up watching it. But I'm surprised after watching it now how well it still holds up. Yeah. So I got to r- keep rating this a classic. Nice. All righty, all righty. Brave Little Toaster. Oh, my gosh. Have we done that one yet? No, we haven't. No. Oh, man. That one is warped. Y- yes. Crap. That's how I remember it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Really? So you oh, said so you said John Lasseter wanted to do it. Was it a book originally? I don't remember. I, don't I just remember so. hearing him <clears throat> in some older interviews saying that he wanted to do it huh. uh, way back like in the early 80s. 
and uh, he pitched it and they decided not to do it disney decided not to do it uh, okay. um, so he didn't yeah he didn't direct this one yeah um, that is jerry, jerry reese jerry reese did yeah yeah so uh but it has that similar vibe to it of where uh well yeah go check it out for yourself similar vibe <laughs> yes we got it well <laughs> It probably would have had an even more similar. I, th- I feel like Brave Little Toaster really has like a like a dark side to it, almost yeah. a Don Bluthness to it. Yeah. Yes, very Don Bluthy. Um, and uh, Toy Story actually would have like if you actually like w- like watched the behind the scenes. Like, oh what yeah, yes. Worked with yes. Like Woody was a much less likable character. Yeah. Or, um, and they really revamped it a lot. So. Yeah. It probably would have been a lot more like Brave Little Toaster, and probably mm-hmm. might not have been as much of a classic. Yeah. yeah. All right, but with our three votes of classic, we recommend. Oh wait, did I say? That? I was about to say <laughs> you <laughs> didn't give yours. <laughs> what, well, what spoiler? What's your, what's your vote, Francisco? I have no idea. <laughs> well, you may have been able to guess. I I would say that Toy Story is a classic as well. Is I had a lot of fun watching it. I I. It met me and I met it at different levels now, being a dad since I last mm-hmm. watched it and just being more grown up. So uh, definitely classic for me. With that, uh, the Retro Rewind podcast rates Toy Story a unanimous classic movie. We all recommend you go out and see this, uh, especially if you've never seen it before or it's worth rewatching if you have seen it before. Maybe our- you've been watching it in SD, like DVD, not Blu-ray. Yes, maybe. that might be a, a way to go. Now I'm curious. I have yet to see Toy Story 3. Does that hold up, do you think? Oh, in my gosh. I know I need to. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's my well, favorite yes, it Toy Story in, movie. In HD. It was made in HD. Yeah, oh, well, I'm just asking. I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, you need to see that. Holy crap. Okay, all right, all right. It is so amazing that when you walk in, you'll be like, why is this so amazing? I don't understand. (laughs) Thanks for saying the bar. Super, super high. All right. Well, now uh, let's get to our feedback section. Comsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. Here they come. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So we have some feedback, uh, sort of general feedback from some people. So I want to share that. First, I want to say, though, thanks to everyone who shares our posts on Facebook and retweets us on Twitter. Uh, I want to mention specifically this time Christopher Battles, Josh Berkey, and Diego Avila. Thank you guys so much for sharing our stuff with your friends and the people who follow you. Um, Now, more specifically... uh, some feedback for uh, the Flash TV pilot episode, which was slash 113. Nathan James Norman says, wait, so you don't need the Speed Force to access the bonus content, but if you do have the Speed Force, can you access the bonus content without having Patreon? Hmm. And I responded, no, that doesn't work. You still need to be a patron. <laughs> you need to go to a multiverse in order to have that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but thank you, Nathan, for that feedback. Uh, then for our our Lion King episode, which was slash 114, Nathan James Norman also says, uh, packing up my office, listening to this wonderfulness. So thank you for that, Nathan. Uh, then Ryan Jackson says, ripping up my bathroom floor. And what's keeping me company? The Retro Rewind Podcast. Nice. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Christopher Bow says, listening to this as I'm getting ready for work. Gracias. Denada, Christopher. So and I love hearing how what people are doing while they're listening to the show. That's really awesome. Feel free to, to let us know what you're doing while you're listening to this episode. Uh, then uh, Diego closes it out, uh, who's, and he's at a Latino lawyer on Twitter. He says, unsure if Christy thinks The Lion King is a classic. It's right after she says, shut your pie hole to Francisco. <laughs> when I think I was like trying to say that it wasn't a classic, but it was, it was. Um, and then he had Diego adds on to that, but Hey, you don't, you did find one other person not to like Monty Python and the Holy grail is in the club now. So yes, I did find that other person. All right. I'm not the only one. What what was that? Now we know where you, where the two of you are in the world and (laughs) we can ship you off to some 
Forgotten Island and <laughs> feeling the love, Chris. Feeling the love. <laughs> hey, you can still <laughs> podcast there. Oh, yeah. sure, that's true. I can do this from anywhere. Remote podcast yeah. for sure. All right, now that we've shared some feedback, we have some announcements. Uh, first off, as always, go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash cast your vote to vote on the movies uh, you want us to cover or vote down the movies you don't want us to cover. And voting for the next round of five movies that we're going to lock in ends on April 30th, 2017. So be sure to get your votes in before then. If we're to close voting now, though, it would be The Emperor's New Groove, Newsies, mm. Remember the Titans, Tron, and The Sword in the Stone. Wow. Yeah, nice. so if you don't like any of those, vote them down. Or let's say Spirited Away, which is number six. If you'd like to see those in the next five, vote that one up. By again going to RetroRewindPodcast.com. It's either it's both slash votes and slash cast your vote. Both of those will take you to the same place. Nice. Um, another announcement. A while back, we had a Teespring campaign that we launched, and that actually helped me uh, purchase the audio uh, software that we use to edit the podcast, and it really helped streamline editing. So thank you to everyone who participated and bought a T-shirt in that campaign, and we're bringing it back. Uh, Now we have that original design available, a new sort of more streamlined design based on that original uh, that I think is a bit more cleaned up. and we have a completely new design that's specifically for uh, zip-up hoodies, which is it's a takeoff of the cover art for Retro Rewind Podcast with the, the RRP really big with sort of these banded streaks coming out from uh, the one side and getting really big into the RRP. So uh, check those out by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store, and that will redirect you to our Teespring campaign. And if you purchase this, um, there are there, when this comes out, there's only a few days left in April, but any purchase you make in April, 90% of the those proceeds will go toward flying Paul up here to Portland so that we can podcast together in the flesh. Nice. And uh, also, uh, the retro... We're, he's also coming up because the Portland Retro Gaming Expo is happening uh, when we're planning on getting him up here. So it'd be awesome uh, if you could help uh, with that and get a T-shirt or a sweatshirt or a hoodie for yourself. So uh, check that out. Again, RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store. Uh, and yeah, that's the announcements we have. Uh, and we've just about reached the last nav point uh, and the end of the show. Or the end of the episode, but not really the end of the show, because much like a level in Star Fox, <clears throat> or uh, maybe a new toy in Toy Story, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, there is bonus content to discover. Uh, you don't need a cheat code, though. Uh, just because, just become one of our Patreon patrons at, for as little as one dollar per episode, and you can get our new tubes, our one point twenty one game watts. We just played a fun uh, monster movie, Mad Libs, this time. Uh, you also get pre-post-show outtakes, uh, current movie reviews, commentaries, and and more. Uh, so please consider being one of our patrons. All right, Paul, will you please uh, take it away? Sure. Next time we'll be going back to the year. I don't know. I don't for know. The, for the video game of... Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> But until then, you can find us on theretrojunkies.com, listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, and support us through Patreon and PayPal. You can also follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and but if you want to YouTube. find... Oh, well, basically any social media, whatever is out there, there's a good chance we're on it, but you'll have to find out. Go yeah. to search us on Google. That's probably the best <laughs> way. I, I forgot to mention... I am streaming regularly now, uh, Friday nights at 7.30 Pacific. I'll stream a video game right now. I'm playing through Cave Story, but that's been a lot of fun. And um, I keep the chat open if you want to uh, say hi uh, Hi. during the stream. Uh, I'm totally open to discussing the podcast or what I'm streaming, but that's been a lot of fun to do that. Um, So thank you, Paul. And thank you so much for being a good friend, awesome co-host, uh, and an awesome comic book collector because you or do you collect toys too or just com- well you used to collect comic books I guess yeah I collect toys more often now than I collect comic books which nice. will tell you how often I do that 
<laughs> Not very often anymore. But thank you so much for being a part of this, Paul. And hey, you're welcome. And if you want to find me, you can fo- find me at pauljpowers.com. Yeah, that too. Find me there. <laughs> say hello, mate. <laughs> awesome. And want to say another awesome thank you to coming back. Chris, thank you so much for being a part of the show. One more for one more time? No, for another time. Uh, where can people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? That was an awesome thank you. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, you, can find, uh, you can find me. Um, the, a lot of my creative projects are kind of on a little bit of a hiatus. I got some stuff in the works, though. But you can, you can check out some of my stuff on breakroomstudios.com. Um, otherwise, um, look me up on Facebook, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I'm on I'm on the Instagram. The Instagram, nice. Yes. Very cool. So that Mad Cowan is the uh is my Instagram. I was, I was about to ask. Sweet. Yes. Thank you again, Chris. It was awesome having you. Always awesome to be here. Yay. And another awesome thank you to our listeners. I uh, some you heard the feedback here. We love hearing how you listen to the show. And we love that you just listen to the show in general, even if you're doing it, no matter what you're doing, actually. Uh, and thank you to all our listeners, subscribers, supporters on Patreon and PayPal. Thank, thank you so much. And we pray that this episode brought a smile to your face and brought you some joy this week. Uh, I, listen, I listen while I'm on the toilet. Oh, like, well, good. Yeah. I listen to the show, gives me that extra push I need <laughs> in, in life. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We we we're glad to contribute to your good BMs in the morning, Chris. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's beats awesome. me. I usually yeah. listen to it when I'm blowing up my combat Carl's. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who does that? I feel like I'm a pretty regular guy. Like I, I can't. I, oh no, I, I listen to pop markers exclusively on the toilet. So okay, no worries. That's good. That's where it belongs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Uh, but uh, regardless of pooping, like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed Did you to say pooping? Yeah. Like, return to base. we're ending the episode because you're pooped out? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, Paul. Okay. Well, we're not ending the podcast. We're closing it with style. Uh... Lame. Lame. <laughs> I, I think I want to send that joke off to infinity and beyond. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>